So today we're looking at a very simple yet a pertinent uh, 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 question that people bring to our attention most of the time. How do you help disciples discern God's voice daily? Hello and welcome again to another teaching session in our uh, series that we called uh, A Band of Disciples. A Band of Disciples. And the whole idea behind this series is to help you, inspire you, encourage you to be the best possible disciple, uh, discipler that you can be and to disciple people for Jesus wherever you, m- you may find yourself. And um, uh, throughout uh, this series, we've been uh, using the band metaphor to suggest that, you know, musicians aren't musicians just because somebody forced them to learn the history of music or someone, you know, uh, punished them if they didn't practice three hours every every day, uh, or, or they, they actually uh, see themselves as musicians, see themselves as certain type of people in the world. And as a result of that, they invest every effort to learn how to live that reality, uh, to, to, to learn what to do to be that talented musician that impacts their world. And when they, uh, when they find themselves in a situation where they can't really live that out, they, they, they don't know how, what to do in order to live that uh, vision that they have of themselves, guess what? They, they find a way to learn and develop uh, through people, or through resources or or courses, whatever it might be. And for us as disciples, we need to acknowledge that Christianity is about helping people become a certain kind of persons in the world. That's our role. Uh, you know, it's sadly being communicated that Christian uh, disciples is all about converting people or it's all about teaching them some theological assertions and belief uh, or, or, or it's about modifying their behaviors or engaging them in ministry activities or religious activities. And, and you know what? Uh, maybe all of those things are uh, got some elements of truth in them. But ultimately, you and I are invited to do something greater than that, to help people see themselves differently and aspire to be Jesus-like human beings in their environments. That's a cause worth living for. Why? Because that's what God created us to be, to bear His image. And Jesus came and and said, I I, I understand you guys can't figure out what it means to bear the image of God that you were created uh, to exhibit. But let let me show you in flesh and blood what it looks like. You know, and, and he manifested what it's like to have intimacy with God. He manifested what it's like to live with such integrity and such a humility and such perseverance. He, he, he showed us what it's like to love people um, as, as he, uh, you know, loved others to the extent of that he laid down his life for his friends. He's shown us what it's like to invest in the world and, and to transform eternities and to breathe the be the good news uh, in practical day-to-day activity. So we are helping people change and form their desires of being Jesus-like in the world. 
to be Jesus-like people, not just to know more and to do more. And in our series, we've looked at the discipling calling in, in, in a mini-series, so to speak. We looked at the discipling community to figure out clear, uh, you know, to clarify the framework of discipling people in the context of a band. And then uh, we've been exploring together the discipling competencies. To share some ideas, uh, practical ideas and strategies that we have utilized in our team has utilized over the journey of our discipling endeavors and, um, and, and we pray that it would stimulate your ideas and that you would use that in whichever context, amend it, add to it, uh, change it, uh, may it empower you to be the best discipler that you can be. So today we're looking at a very simple yet a pertinent uh, uh, question that people bring to our attention most of the time. How do you help disciples discern God's voice daily? How do you help disciples, uh, disciples discern God's voice daily? As a discipler, you will engage with people uh, on, on, on a regular basis who need to be connected with God, who need to hear His voice. It says that, that my sheep hear my voice and they know me and I know them. There is such an intimate understanding of God's voice. With that understanding, God's whispers, God's revelations and God's will, we're going to live life going for a vision of ourselves, so self-actualization, self-assertion. We go live life the way we have been, I guess, uh, you know, conditioned to see life and to do it as if that we are the lords of our own lives. So it's so critically important that as people come to know Jesus from moment one, we attempt to help them with uh, practices that they can use proactively to hear God's voice in the mundane of life. Or we help them with some strategies to actually reflect and see what God might be saying to them through the ordinary lived experiences. And we also help them with um, a concept of how to discover God's will in a decision-making uh, uh, process. And um, I want to share with you from Jesus' life, uh, some uh, really profound little observations about how he taught his disciples to connect with God uh, in an intimate way. And an example I'm going to use, obviously Jesus taught him to connect with the Father in so many different ways and through many different vehicles. But I'm going to focus on prayer today and how they connect with God so that we can figure out some uh, of his strategies of doing that with his disciples. And this comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, John the baptizer, taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And you probably are familiar 
uh, with the rest of, you know, this particular prayer, which some of us call, you know, the Our Father. Some church traditions say it in their services all the time. Uh, but we're all familiar with the teaching of Jesus on prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, you know, uh, and, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the enemy, uh, you know, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory from now. That's, this is how we learned it as growing up. It's a beautiful way, um, a standard and, and, and a template of addressing God. But then at the end of teaching that Jesus in Luke 11, 9 to 13, he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, he says, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? That's absurd. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So it's a simple narrative where Jesus was praying and the disciples observed Him pray. And once He finished His prayer, one of the disciples said, Can you teach us how to pray? And then Jesus gives them, uh, you know, a pattern of prayer, not, not necessarily a prescriptive way of praying like we memorized as a kid, as kids, but it was a pattern of prayer. And then he concludes by giving them an example of uh, why should they persist in prayer. And um, uh, very briefly, our role as disciples involves three simple things that we do in our Gen J environments. Uh, and I'm sure that you have your own version of doing that as well. We coach, we model, and we support. What I mean uh, by this is those three uh, activities or three roles need to intermingle together in order for us to help people be ingrained in a practice of connecting with God, hearing Him, um, and connecting with Him daily. And, uh, you know, Jesus showed that in the way He modeled prayer. Uh, as soon as He prayed, the disciples were, were thinking, we haven't seen anybody pray like that. This is new. This is amazing. This is the type of uh, desire we have to connect with God His way. So as soon as He modeled it, they began to say, can you teach us? And He coached them. He says, this is how you pray. This is the pattern of prayer. But then He didn't leave them there because He realized that just giving some instructions is not going to motivate their actions. It's not going to keep them in a good place to persevere when the going gets tough. Because as our desires are being formed, we are confronted with other alternative desires that we're familiar with that may be a little easier for us. But in order to build that desire and continue to become that type of person that we've watched, the alternative lifestyle that we've watched in Jesus, we need to persevere. So Jesus supports them. He, he, he says to them, you know what? I want to tell you something. 
You're going to go through this journey and you're going to ask and you're going to seek and you're going to knock, but you're probably going to, to struggle with it. And, and that's why in the, in the whole text it says, uh, ask, which the verb means keep on asking. Seek, which is the original text means keep on seeking. Uh, knock, which means keep on knocking. And he's saying, if you continue to do that, I want to assure you that as you engage with God repeatedly and you persevere in this activity, he's, gonna, he's going to come through for you. And he gives them an assuring example, a parable says, you know, would a father forsake his children that is asking for bread or, or, you know, or egg? Would he give them a scorpion or, or give them, you know, something that would harm them? Absolutely not. And he says, so rely on that reality that your heavenly father loves you and cares about you. Persevere because you're going to see a breakthrough. And no doubt, whilst that was a parable that Jesus supported his disciples in building that connection over the three years that he engaged with them, uh, you know, they may have had disheartening times and they would come to him and say, you know, what can we do? You know, we can't connect with God. And say, well, why don't you, you know, try this? And as, as he would, uh, you know, said to Peter, uh, Peter in a different uh, context, he says, I prayed for you. Uh, he might be saying to them, I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. Why don't you try this? So there is an ongoing connection. And if we're going to help people uh, connect with God, hear God's voice, engage with God's will, we need to help them in the same way. We model it. We model how we're hearing God. We model uh, in coach. Uh, we, we help them with uh, a specific style, a specific template, a specific skill that they can utilize in their own way. And we got to engage with them and support them. Uh, three primary approaches that we help our uh, our people, our groups, or one-on-one with to engage in God's uh, with God's uh, revealed will, God's whispers in the, in 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 real life and in the ordinary uh, experiences of life. We call them SOAP. Then discovering God's will, uh, that, that's also uh, a way or a strategy that we teach people and we teach them reflective practices. So um, I mentioned SOAP before. I will go over that very briefly now. Uh, uh, it's a meditative reading of the word. Uh, you've heard me say before that we have been encultured into thinking about God's word from an informative perspective. What does the text say? You know, we want to master the meaning in the text. But a meditative reading of the text, we want the text to master us. We want to submit ourselves to the text and let the text read us and allow the Spirit of God to illuminate our understanding of the text in an applicative way. So uh, we teach people the acronym SOAP, which we didn't come up with, uh, but it refers to a scripture reading five to ten verses every day in a sequential way. Uh, you know, obviously preparing ourselves in prayer and worship in advance. Read it in a spirit of worship, surrendering in humility, not trying to manufacture things, not trying to manipulate God's will, but honestly surrendering to the revelation of the Spirit. So we read five and ten verses. The following day we read five or ten verses, whatever, whatever it takes so that we could read it slowly and muse on it. And, and, and allow God to bring to our attention something. We call that observation. You know, something pops up. You know, it could be a, a characteristics of God that we, we begin to 
ponder upon and con- uh, um, contemplate on it and, and compliment God for His greatness. It could be an example of real life that God wants us to emulate or maybe a bad example that God is warning us not to uh, imitate. It could be a, a command that God wants us to, 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 to ask for power to live out. It could be uh, simply a, a conviction of sin that is hidden that we haven't noticed. And God is convicting us so that we confess it and receive forgiveness and cleansing and and newness of walk. Uh, There is so many different ways that God can speak to us. The more you surrender, it's like the 3D art. When you allow your eyes go blurry and you're not trying to manufacture or to figure out the pattern, something pops at you. And that's what happens in the observation. But up until there, uh, you haven't been transformed by it. But we get transformed as we begin to ask God for help to apply His truth in our lives. So if God is asking us to repent of sin, we ask for help to say no and to turn our our attention away from that sin practically. If God is asking us, um, you know, to um, revealing to us a privilege, we might, uh, you know, declare that privilege, live that privilege over our lives. So we need to apply this, um, you know, in in, in practical day-to-day ways. You know, the other day, it could be just simple as God is bringing my attention back to something that I may have ignored for a few days. I read uh, Paul saying, you know, be joyful, full of joy in Philippians. It says, be full of joy, be considerate to others because the Lord is coming near. And it just sat with me. It's a reminder that Jesus is coming back. Is my life and response to life in joy or agony, is that determined by my uh, total trust and conviction that is coming back? Is my relationship with other people in consideration, is that determined by the fact that Jesus is coming back? So uh, at this particular quiet time, I I needed to to say, I'm going to just say that repeatedly. I'm going to remember that repeatedly, that Jesus is coming back. I want to remind myself as I pray that throughout the day, that Jesus is coming back, because that will evoke motivation, and that would evoke um, circumspect living. That would evoke um, a way to deal with other people that would honor their heavenly father. And that's the application. It could be very specific. It could be, uh, you know, uh, just a connection with God. It could be something that you need to dig a little deeper over the following few days. Whatever it might be, just apply it in your day-to-day activity. And finally, you and I can't do anything without the enablement of God's spirit. We need his spirit to encourage us, to empower us, to strengthen us, to do His will. And that's when this meditative uh, type of of, uh, of reading of the scripture become a worship, uh, worshiping experience where we connect with God from start to finish and allow His word to feed us, to mingle in the fabric of our spiritual being and as a result to change the way we see life. It changes our desires because it's changing our assumptions about what is the good life look like and we, as a result we become motivated to live life as, uh, you know, like the encounter word lived life we allow the word of God to dwell richly in us so that we could live life like the incarnate word the second strategy that we coach people we call that discovering God's will and um, as a discipler in group 
um, or as a discipler one-on-one, inevitably people will come to you with a decision. It might be about their work. It might be that they're going for a promotion in their work environment. It might be a student that wants to uh, think about, you know, what course should they should they embark upon. Uh, maybe it could be a young adult that is strong to consider their life partner choice. And in, in every case, when there is a significant decision to be made, uh, we support our disciple or, uh, disciples with a four-step approach to discovering God's will. The first one is evaluation. God has given us uh, mental capacities so that we can write and, and, and investigate the pluses and the minuses, the advantages and disadvantages. We list them. We be very specific about the different options that we have because God is not going to speak in the fog. He's going to speak about some of the things that we uh, indicated as the advantages or, or the disadvantages. It might be, you know, you want to travel to a different country to complete your course and you put one of the disadvantages that is prohibitive for you is that I'm going to miss some of my friends. I'm going to miss uh, you know, my friends' um, upcoming birthdays or whatever it might be. And, 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 uh, or I might be feeling lonely and God might speak into that situation. That changes your mind why, way or another. And God would say, maybe it is, it's, it's more important to, to connect in this environment relationally than finish your course elsewhere. Or maybe God would say, hey, I'm going to be with you uh, and, and encourage you and keep you company when you're alone in that, in, in that uh, study trip. God would speak into the specifics. So we need to evaluate the situation uh, with, with uh, a, spe- a specific uh, list of advantages and disadvantages. Then we take that to the Word of God. We say, is there some generic principles that we need to adhere to that contradict or support any of the, uh, of the lists that we have made? And allow God to speak into your list, advantages and disadvantages, before you make a choice. Sometimes there is no black and white in the scripture about some of the uh, details that we deal with. So begin to spend time with God and say, can you please reveal to me through my quiet times, through my soap, what you might be sharing with me that I need to adhere to. I need to take this way or that way. And God would speak into this situation over a long period of time. Uh, Then the next thing is take some of your ideas, your revelations, your uh, evaluations, and share it with two or three people that you trust who are spiritual people, who love you, who care about you, but also have some spiritual experiences and let them interrogate you in a good way. And you're not going to a consult, uh, uh, you know, a consultant in the business where you're wanting them to tell you what to do. That's not really consultation spiritually because that means they basically taking your responsibility away. And if things go wrong, you can go back and, and blame them. But the reality is they're supposed to be supporting you to discover God's will because that's what builds your muscle. The idea is not reaching a solution. The idea is learning to obey God in the mess, to obey God in the tension, to make decisions with uh, with clear conscience regardless whether it's good or bad. Uh, If you're doing uh, a decision that is totally and utterly surrendered to God 
even if it's, you know, ends up being not the best decision, my mentor used to say to me, God will see you around the corner. He's a loving father. He's going to protect us and we'll learn from those experiences. Finally, if all the above is, is in the affirmative, then we knock on the circumstances. If, if, if it's okay after the evaluation, if it's okay after the revelation, if it's okay after the consultation, then I have a go. I apply for that course. I apply for that visa. I, I connect with that friend. I, I, I see if I can date this particular person. And as a result, uh, we allow God to speak to, through the circumstances to close some doors and open some doors. The problem is many of us start with that. Many of us just go for it. Uh, but, but that's that we haven't evaluated anything. We haven't waited on God for a revelation. We haven't consulted with any people. And that is bound to bring about, uh, you know, serious problems in our walk with God. And it can end up being traumatic in some experiences if we made the wrong decision. And it's going to take a, a huge amount of effort and probably some friction and tension to undo what we've already done. So be careful in helping your disciples, the people that you invest in, to follow that process. The last thing that I want to share with you that we help people to discover um, and to discern and to adhere and to discern God's voice is through what we call um, uh, reflective practice. Reflective practice. And reflective practice is simply learning from the experiences of life. Learning from lived experiences where somebody would have a concrete experience and either them or uh, in consultation with a group of people or trusted mentors or trusted friends, they begin to observe um, some of the things behind that experience. So they begin to think about, you know, some clarifying questions. Why did I feel that way? What am I driven uh, uh, towards this particular outcome? Why did I have this tension with this person? Why did I make that particular comment? And they begin to explore uh, and observe uh, through those clarifying questions some meaning behind those experiences. And then we'll say, okay, now that you've got some of these things, and, and sometimes we don't dig deep enough. I was just talking to a friend earlier today. Sometimes we amend our ways, which is behavior modification, before we dig to the assumptions that motivating our our um, our decisions. And I'll tell you a story about that in just a moment. Uh, but then once we've come up with those uh, understanding of assumptions, we, we seek advice from God through other people where we pray and, and say, okay, Lord, give us a word, give us an image, give us an idea. And we obviously examine that. We don't just say, yeah, sure, this is what God is saying. Uh, but we need to examine that in, 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 uh, uh, in comparison with the the revealed will of God. But sometimes God gives us an image. Sometimes God gives us a word. Sometimes God gives us a, a, you know, an idea that we share. But we always be very careful that when we share that with people or when we get that for ourselves, we we'll say, uh, does that match the will of God, the revealed will of God in the scripture? That's really 
important for us to, to know. And then once we, we interact uh, either individually or with a group of people about, uh, you know, the, the clarifying questions and then the revelation, we, we seek feedback. Okay, so what's your action point as a result of that? What are you going to do differently as a result of this, um, you know, interaction with God? So here are, um, you know, three different ways that we can encounter um, you know, we can help people encounter the voice of God, the will of God, uh, the, the ideas of God. I want to finish off by being, uh, you know, uh, vulnerable with you and, and show you this in real action. You know, over the, uh, a, a specific period of time, I noticed uh, that I was driven in a particular task, that I was working overwhelmingly on this particular task to to. to to derive an outcome. And I was experiencing stress and irritation and frustration. And I, I, I was a, a negative vibe to be around in our, in our family. Um, and, and the reality is I couldn't understand fully, uh, despite of my reflection, what was driving all of that. So I would amend my behavior. I would amend some bits of my calendar. I would, you know, try to, uh, you know, let go of some uh, tasks and, and focus on other tasks but eventually after several months I would say four or five months I can't fully remember uh, God confronted me that this is so important to you and it's occupying your mind and your heart and your, and your effort because there is a desire an emotional image that you have of yourself and your future self that's driving all of that. And that image, when I began to think about it, it was driven by some assumption that I had about the good life. And you know what? I thought if I become that, that's what I'm going to be you know, I'm going to be the happiest if I become that. And it wasn't being a lover of Jesus. It was being a particular role in, 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 a, in, in a specific area of ministry that relates to my education. And, and, and I had to stop there and repent. It was Philippians chapter 3 where God revealed it to you and says, you know, would you give everything for the excellency of knowing? Just said, Lord, I don't even know how to do that. But, but right here and right now, I repent. And I pray that you would align my desires to be a lover of of Jesus that lives wholeheartedly for you, not live for some self-determined uh, uh, agenda of the good life that is apart from you. So when we reflect with people and when we reflect individually, we need to figure out the assumptions that are driving our actions. Otherwise, we're dealing with symptoms instead of core. And if you deal with symptoms, you will change your behavior. If you deal with your assumptions and the desires, that will change who you are over time. And God will see us through the corridor. We're going to go up and down and God is fully in acceptance of us. He wants to use those experiences and to help us hear His voice through those experiences so he, we can navigate life to become more like Jesus and help other people to become more like Jesus. I pray uh, this uh, segment has helped you to discover how you can practically help people 
to discern God's will by uh, engaging with the meditative uh, reading of the word in soap by engaging with discovering God's will uh, through the four uh, steps that we discussed as well as uh, helping them to turn ordinary life lived experience into a meaningful communication from God that would help them to become the type of people that God created them to be. We are so honored and privileged that you would give us the opportunity to interact with us. May God bless and honor you as you go and make disciples, Jesus-like disciples, wherever you may be. I look forward to seeing you now next time, but until then, be utterly blessed in Jesus. <music>